right, here we go. Another episode of Alan Frank Try to Be Serious. And I am going with my radio voice from uh, 1985. I like, remember, I like 85 guy answering modern day questions. <laughs> like Shoot it, it at me. What do you got there, Al Jackson? I, you know, 85 guy, I know you like to keep things kind of close to the vest, but I heard that your daughter sat you and your wife down and said that she is pansexual. How did you uh, deal with that? I just told her, hey, hon, I'm going to love you no matter what, but I think Pan American Airlines has been gone for quite a while right now. So go American. That's the way to fly. Delta, we love to fly and it shows, but Pan American, no longer available for your traveling pleasure. Any other questions, Al? Uh, I think that's it right now. Uh, you know, I, I do want to ask you, which airline should I be loyal to? I mean, I don't want to be superficial, but it should it be the airline with the best looking flight attendants. Should it be the one with the best rewards program? Like, you know, I fly every weekend. What should, what should I do? Well, hot chicks, the only way to go. <laughs> you know that. It's 85. We still talk about stuff like that openly. Openly, in public. Yeah, not just a... About how we feel, we actually, uh, it's truthful. <laughs> We're truthful in 85, and we also still love the Chicago Bears. The Bears looked terrible last night. Uh, yeah, or a week ago, whenever this airs. Yes, know. yes. Uh, yeah, no good. So uh, let, let's get into this, because we, we actually have a, a, a jam-packed episode that was unexpected because we had a bit of a plan that we were going to go with. And then Jeff Dye, who I found out is a very good friend of yours or yes. a very good friend. Yes. Um, he had come in here and we I only had a few minutes to start out and was going to do something else with him. And then he started talking and I was like, this is perfect for the Alan Frank Try to Be Serious podcast. And I just kept recording even halfway through it. I was like. Uh, I stopped for Toledo producer and go, just put this into Alan Frank. And I told uh, Jeff, that's what this is going in. Just keep going with this line of thought. Stay away from the sports stuff. You can touch on it, but that's not really where we're going here. Go with your your gut feelings and, and your uh, – he was just speaking from the heart, which he does all the time. He, doesn't, was, have, he doesn't know any other way to live his life. No, and that's, it was it, – it's very – uh, inspirational to me in terms of not giving a rip about anything. I want to say this. I'm not going to have this edited, uh, that part edited at all. He does uh, throw a couple of swear words in there and stuff like that. Nothing really terrible. It's nothing like me on Hard Knocks. Um, Frank, let's be honest. He says shoot twice. Okay. Yeah, it really, and, it really, and there's one shucks. And I, I'll tell you what, it burned the heck out of me. Hey, hey, watch it, buddy. When you, when you say that, uh, censorship is a key form of flattery. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna just leave it. So if you're uh, troubled by that kind of stuff, I, I I want you to know in advance what it is. I just think leaving Jeff Die as raw and honest as possible is the only way to go with him. Um, we've been we've done that with a few different guests, and I'm just going with my gut on this. Even though I know some people will be. Uh, a little flustered by that at times, maybe. But in the world of podcasts, we're nowhere near uh, the word dirty. So, yes, I just wanted to keep it, keep it real. Always shut the microphones off and go to the strip club at lunch, Frank. You know me and you. <laughs> I'm a breakfast guy. I'm a legs and eggs guy. Uh, the only kind of strip club I'm going to is the one with the strip steak, Al. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Right, so, so tell Frank, me really a little quickly. 
uh, you take every man in the country. So there's 360 Americans. There's a Al random tangent. Sorry, I need you need your thoughts. Oh, so let's say hold there's on, a hold on, hold on. Al goes oh. off on a tangent. I like that. Yeah. All right. So let's say roughly there's what 320 million Americans. So let's say that's a hundred. What 160 men? 160 million men. You offer 160 million men a year of going to the strip club for free or a weekly steak dinner. What's the percentage at a nice steakhouse? What percentage of men are taking the strip club, partied up once a week, or a nice steak? Uh, I, you know, what I have is this. Uh, uh, is there a this formal is, poll that has been is, done on this? No, no, no. Asking? This is just what Frank thinks. This is eighteen to, let's go eighteen to sixty. I have no idea, uh, and unfortunately, Al, I don't care. I would like to hear your <laughs> thoughts, but I am going for the steak because I'm uncomfortable in a strip club. I just am. That's who I am. Uh, I, so I can only go with what I would say. I have no idea on the percentages. Of man, I think it would break down differently based on probably marriage, uh, yeah. based on uh, age. I think it would be. I think it would change over lots of demographics, maybe even culturally. I'm not sure, but in terms of me, I'm going 100% steakhouse because my wife would kill me. But no, I, do, I do feel uncomfortable in those situations. Yeah, I'm going 100% steakhouse as well, without without a doubt. That's just my thing. I've never been a strip club guy. And I think, in a way, you kind of take cues from the men around you. My dad was the most anti-strip club guy. Like, he just did did not like that, did not care for it. Uh, didn't judge, but just that was not his thing. And so, like, I never had a template for any, you know, hey, you know, bachelor party. Like, that was just never my thing. Uh, but I, one thing that my friend did tell me, and I'll never forget this. He's, he had lived in Miami his entire life and there was this little rinky dink strip club in the strip mall. And he and I were talking about it one day and he was like, Al, I've been here since I was one years old. <laughs> and the place next to that strip club has been a shoe store. It's been a grocery store. There's been a bookstore. There was a Christian science reading room. And he, he said, all that stuff came and went, but do you know, it's still there. That rinky dink strip club. Yeah. And it does kind of show you the market tells you what it wants. Sure. And for as much as you might, me and you might drive by like, who the hell would be going up in there, especially at noon? A lot of people, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's more than we would think. Al, one, sex sells. Two, you mentioned your dad. I don't know if my dad even knew what a strip club was <laughs> I believe or that. is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you you haven't met him, correct? If, if you met no. him, if you met, yeah, because if you met him, you'd know about his softball stats: two for three, two for three, turn to double play. <laughs> and uh, there was a third thing, but I was uh, I'm not sure what it was, so it doesn't matter. Um, all right, so let's turn our attention to Jeff Die because he's the focus this week. Jeff Die, comedian. Uh, part of that show um, with Terry Bradshaw, William Shatner, and uh, the Fonz. I can't even think. The Fonz, Henry Winkler. Uh, what was the name of that show? Um, oh, no. Uh, it wasn't called America's Dads, was it? No, it's not even close to that. 
Well, Jesus, Frank, can you back me up on the podcast? Not at all. No, I'm I'm selling you out because I'm trying to save myself because I'm Googling it right now. I'm not sure if that's correct, Al. Even said it during the... Uh, even said it during the interview, and I should know this because my wife loves the show. Uh, it's really funny too because uh, he had he had gone on with Holmberg, who we talk about in the this uh, on the radio, and um, oh, better late than never, uh, oh, where yeah. they they travel around. William Shatner, uh, Arthur Fonzarelli, Henry Winkler is his actual name, and uh, Terry Bradshaw, and they were on the uh, Jeff Dye was on the air. With Holmberg and John, uh, I don't know if John told him to call Bradshaw or if they just did, but Jeff FaceTimed Terry Bradshaw and Terry went on with them for like an hour. And I almost did that here, but I was like, ah, he's already had to do that once. I, I'm not going to do that. So, because I don't, I, Terry used, Terry and I used to text back and forth once in a while. I found out that Terry's a terrible texter. Maybe that's why he, he got rid of me. I'm done with you, Frank. Done with you whatsoever. Not going to have anything to do with you. So, Jeff Dye, coming up here in a minute, you had a story to lead into uh, this because uh, you were not available. As people, some people know, some people don't. Al's in Denver. I say this almost every week. I'm in Phoenix. We do this remotely. That's why we sound slightly different. You sound Uh, like you're explaining to your kids how you guys got divorced. Look, your dad's in Denver. I'm here in Phoenix. Doesn't mean we love you any less. No, it does mean I love the audience a little less. <laughs> I'm not willing to transfer. Transfer. I'm not willing to travel to Denver uh, each time to do this. So, tell me. And once I told you I got this opportunity with Jeff Die, we sat in here. It, it was supposed to be ten minutes. We ended up for an hour. It's the, he's fantastic, brilliant for all the ladies listening, and maybe some men. A beautiful man. Um, Jeff is so good looking. You get mad at him. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's not fair. You can't be that nice and that cool and also look like that. Because Jeff could be, if I look like that, you guys wouldn't know me. I wouldn't Absolutely. be doing stand up. No. No. <laughs> Buried in Playboy models. <laughs> and I think he might be at times. He's just, he's, at times? He's, he's yeah, pretty, he's doing fine. He's pretty modest, but there it's hard to be modest when you are basically a black hole and gravity, everything just sucks toward you. I never thought about that like his whole life like everybody and I'm sure like obviously he's probably a good looking kid too surprised since he was eight or nine years old just everybody's just staring at him so it's got to be it's like being a hot chick I'm sure Beyonce was good looking when she was 15 that's not a creepy but yeah, I'm sure she was it's <laughs> really creepy that's why you should just get to the story about you and Jeff die that you before planned. I'm arrested yes. and my four years of teaching isn't <laughs> questioned yeah uh no uh, jeff is like such a a great guy and uh you kind of mentioned it earlier but uh when he was here in denver he's performing at the comedy works and uh you know so he and i met up hung out all that good stuff and i was like hey my buddy's having a picnic why don't you swing by so jeff uh jeff and i swing by this picnic and um my buddy who was having it my friend joe he's uh the gm at a bar around the corner uh his brother um who is just uh there are people, Frank, and you know this, that are fans of the Steelers. And then there's people that are that two levels deeper than a fan. Like, uh, like not but like, not crazy or dangerous, but just like a real diehard, diehard to the death Steelers fan. And Jeff uh, found this out, and he called Terry Bradshaw for um, my friend's brother, who was this diehard Steelers fan. And Terry Bradshaw FaceTimed with this, uh, with my boy Joey's brother for probably about eight minutes. And 
the look on his face when it was all said and done was just like, dude, it almost like brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. It was just like, it was something it's rare when you get a chance to see somebody have one of the best days of their life right in front of you. And it's a, it's a really special thing. And, and shout out to Jeff Dye for that. I'll never forget. He did that. He did that in apropos of nothing. He didn't say, Hey, don't worry, bro. I got you. He didn't, he didn't think it was a big deal, but it was a big deal. Uh, Jeff's a great guy, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Yeah, and uh, I, I know that was a throw to the interview, but <laughs> probably could have been. But uh, I, I realized two things. One, Jeff Dye basically has the greatest, one of the greatest magic tricks in the world. Like a lot of times somebody will pull out a magic trick and it'll make a little kid's day. Jeff Dye uh, can do that with the Terry Bradshaw magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> He can just pu- pull out his phone and make people day be- days better. That's an incredible uh, thing to do. And it's great that Jeff shares that with people because a lot of people, uh, I don't think would even, the, he has such a great relationship with Terry Bradshaw that it's, I'm sure Terry does that to Jeff as well. He's like, meet my friend Jeff Die. He's really good. He hosted our show where we traveled and talked about <laughs> people. So uh, that, and the other thing I wanted to point out is the fact that you uh, Holmberg, everybody in my life has been a part of the Terry Bradshaw FaceTime, except for me. I'm the only one who doesn't get that. Maybe he assumes that I'm better. I'm closer with Terry. Not that I'm not close with Terry. I I, I shouldn't say that I'm. I, that's wrong. I'm not super close with Terry, but we're friends. Uh, and uh, I've talked to him on the phone plenty of times. But I, it's not. He's not like one of those people I just would feel comfortable calling out of the blue. Frank, I'm going to give you a word that that black folks use that you I can desperately I can tell that your vocabulary needs it because it'll help with situations like Terry Bradshaw. You guys are cool. That's right. Yeah. In between, like we're close and we're friends. Like we're cool. Kind of like, oh, yeah, that's what's up. I don't we don't go to Thanksgiving together. But like, yeah, he knows me and I know him and we respect each other. We're cool. Do, do you put the uh, er, er? is it is it I don't want to center. Is it no, we, we, we cool? Is that? Doesn't we're, sound right out of me, but we cool. We cool. We're cool. We're cool. Right? Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, we're cool too, right? But I would, yeah. I had, I would have. Somebody said they were like a huge fan of you. I would have no problem calling you up. I wouldn't even let you know I'm about to Facetime you. I just Facetime you in your pocket. And <laughs> there we go. Hope that's you answered. Al, that's Al Jackson's pocket, you're watching. <laughs> Swear to God, bro. <laughs> All right, now that we're in the pocket, here he is, Jeff Die. So they always tell me, they say, hey, you know, if you when you get married, Die, all this goes, you know, because I have all these toys and I got all this crap in my podcast studio and, like, I have, like, fun stuff. I got a motorcycle with a sidecar and, like, electric scooters. And they always, everyone, every married guy comes on, comes to my house, they say, yeah, all this would go, man. All, you'd lose oh, no, marry a crazy person. Well, that's, that's what say, I did. That's what you're smart. Yeah, what? You've got all this stuff. You got all these fun things. You got like seven Thanos hands, which is a red flag. No, there's there's one. There's one. There's one Thanos, and there's one uh, that's the Tony Stark. Oh, that's the Tony Stark one. Yeah, that's the Tony Stark. I thought it was like an. Oh, that's his Infinity. Yeah, he's that saves everything. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I was gonna say because there was like a Thanos toy. Well, there's a lot of Thanos. There's Thanos as you walk in. I don't know why he's rooting for the bad guy here. Because he's he's cooler. He's sympathetic. Okay. Because he wanted to, he wanted to make the universe better. Uh, you know, I liked his idea. Yeah, just get rid of half of yeah everything. Everybody always says, "Well, you could have expanded the universe." No way. Just double the universe. Doesn't want to. No. He's got a different plan. Double, double the universe, the or course. get rid of half. He got rid of half, 
of the people. That's well, just the it's, the, it's like Bill Burr's special about how like if there's just like a, if there's just five thousand of us, we'd all get to you know we'd all have this great life. Thanos had that idea first. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, let's just get less. You know, Thanos isn't real, right? Nah, he's been around. You think it's a documentary? Yeah, it's an idea. You think Endgame is? The Infinity Saga is that didn't a, happen. This might end up in uh, the uh, in the nerding out version of the show that we, I do. <laughs> I didn't know that didn't happen. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of, like uh, like when Snoop Dogg thought that Game of Thrones was real history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like that does happen all the time. People miswrite. People like will miss uh, misrepresent history all the time. It's their own. Feminists do it every day. They pretend like some stuff happened that didn't. You're like, you know that didn't happen. They're like, yes, it did. And now there's just a debate about what really happened. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's something. I was looking I was looking at one of your feeds, something on social media. Yeah. And you got kicked out of a college. Yeah. You didn't get paid by no, the just college. Didn't pay me. For saying that men are bigger than women. Yeah, I was talking about uh, I went on this kind of rant about like if if men and women are are the same, right, or equal or whatever, um, then why don't, you know, I, I was kind of being facetious. Obviously, I'm a comedian. I've been paid to come make the students laugh. So I was making this whole thing. I was like, yeah, gender fluidity. What could go wrong? Let's let's uh, put the, let's, you know, put the, what's it called when you, the gender, bi-gender, multi, I don't know what it's called. Uh, non-binary? Gender, gender fluid. Gen- gen- I don't know yeah, what I think it's, it's just gender it's like, fluid. Let's put, a, let's put, Put them together in prison. What could go wrong? You know, put the men and the women with the, in right. Prison. And your inability to come up with a name is is pretty. It's a red flag. Yeah. yeah not only that, it's offensive. I uh, no. I I, 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 I okay. Actually, but I was being facetious about like, yeah, what could go wrong? Let's let's make them co-ed uh, prisons. Let's make a. Uh, uh, gender neutral, that's the term. Gender right, okay. neutral prisons. Let's make gender neutral bathrooms. What could what could go wrong? Gender guys? neutral basketball league. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. men versus women in the NFL. Let's see. That'd just be forty eight years in a row of us holding up a trophy going, <laughs> again. Well not you would like no, you'd say uh, the way you could do it is you integrate everybody in and say everybody tries out for the same teams. Right. Uh and then you try and, and make that happen, see how many women would make that team. Now it's I think it's different. Uh, they do do that in a way, according to Jeannie Buss. She was on my podcast. I'm friends with Jeannie. And Jeannie said that there were women who made it to the NBA and then they just weren't good enough um, like to make it to make the team. But women have tried out and they right, just they, can't hang. Right. It's because men are larger. Physi- yeah, physically. That's the whole thing. And that's the, that was and this woman wrote this whole like feminist like blog about how um, I'm sexist because I was suggesting that men are larger than women and that that I was, you know, being insensitive. And I was like, "No, I'm just saying men are bigger." And then I was being facetious about gender neutral stuff. It's interesting to me. So the, there was one little bit of, uh, no, I shouldn't yeah, say one a little write up. One one bl- one piece of blowback. It wasn't. It didn't go beyond that. Didn't get bigger. Because um, sometimes that stuff will just exponentially multiply and starts moving on, and then you'll see uh, protests for yeah. people, and you're going, and it, you you re- really go back, and it wasn't you. Be, Saying anything other than men are physically larger than women. Right, and it turned into this whole thing. And I was like, well, when you really dissect a joke, you're going to find that most of them have some sort of dark 
insidious uh, suggestion because I like dark humor and we like, you know, you there's, Ricky Gervais once said there's no jokes about red balloons because we don't need medicine for red balloons. If we say laughter is the best medicine, it's because you have a hurt or something and we make jokes about drinking and, and, uh, and these things because jokes are supposed to alleviate this. That's why Jews have such a great sense of humor is because they've kind of been through hell and back culturally. And, and we need to laugh at all these things. We need to like whatever. So yeah, you if you're going to dissect any joke, you could be like, oh, Jeff's making fun of alcoholism there or Jeff's making fun of homeless people or if you really dissect it. We always talk about what's the intent. Right. If the intent Laughter. is to try and hurt somebody and bring somebody down, that's yeah. very different than trying to say, hey, we all have our own issues. Let's laugh and find where we cross each other, what right. paths in life cross each other. Um, but that's why comedians should get the best pass because our intent is just to entertain and make you laugh. And sometimes the joke's gonna suck, and sometimes maybe even in poor taste. But my intent is always my have always been super well intentioned. I just want everyone to laugh and have a good right. time. And I was doing a bit. I wasn't ranting like you women are smaller than. So us. do you believe that women are not smaller than men? I believe women are smaller than men. <laughs> but it's yeah. funny to even hear you talk around it because we have to be so careful. I don't. I, I, it's amazing. I I, I don't know why anymore. I am. How do you do that? I, I, I'm, I don't I, care. I'm envious of that. Well, like, think about like uh, the Chappelle special, right? This Dave Chappelle special came out on Netflix. And then, uh, and then there was an article that came out that was like why we should cancel Dave Chappelle and why you don't need to watch his special and all these different things. And I and when most people see that article, they go, this is ridiculous. There's outrage and this PC culture and these what? And it's like, you know, it's not real. One lesbian writer for the New York Post wrote some nonsense and everyone thinks that it's a, the outrage is fake and the, the, the political divide is pretty fake. It's, it's it, you know, by and large, if you voted for Trump and I didn't, we can probably go get lunch together and have drinks. It's, it's probably no one cares. Parents are still hanging out with their kids. It's, it's this fake outrage. And so I just don't subscribe to any of it. I think yeah, and I'm, I'm on board with you 100 yeah, percent because I, 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 I will see people do that where they. I have friends who've been unfriended by other people because they were Trump people. And yeah, on and a like, social media. But yeah. why not just – I've never understood this. Why not just have conversations with people you disagree with? Sure. And you don't even have to try and coax them into something. Just have the conversation to get their point of view. Get to know. To me, that's – I think what happens with human beings, and we talk about this all the time on the show, that – Everybody is an amalgamation of everything that's happened. All their experiences in their lives add up to make them the human being they are today. Right. My experiences are different than your experiences, not just family, not just school, anything. Some uh, A person who might be black or a, another ethnicity, uh, they might have dealt with things that I don't understand until I talk to you You've more. Got to. And then we get it. And then we go, oh, I've never had to deal with that. And then we come to an understanding and go, okay, I can understand your point of view, but realize I don't have that experience with me, so I can never feel it 100% the way you are. I can do it almost in a, um, a you know, like an educational sort of way or a, um, what's the word I'm looking for now, uh, but like a, a school type setting, mm -hmm. but it's not, I haven't felt it. So yeah. if I haven't felt it, it's not the same thing. And 
but talking to people. You never need to know. So like sometimes people, women will say, oh, you can't talk about that. You have no idea what it's like to be a woman. Well, then what's the point if that's your argument? Because you're right, I'll never know. But I have access to sympathy. I have access to these But isn't things. it funny that you don't so, know the exact feeling to know what it's to be like a woman? Yeah, but That's I, where I, the I funny comes from. Oh, right, yeah, but that's where the funny exact, comes from. It. Exactly. The funny comes from, this is my ignorant yeah. point of view. Right. We're buffoons. And, and I, I'm... I'm happy being the the buffoon in this. That's the point is I don't get it because I can't get there. Don't get angry about it. See that that's the silliness of it. That's why Yosemite Sam's funny because he's a big dumb (laughs) cowboy and you go, ah, what a silly goose. And it's preposterous. But I think that that, it's hard to hate up close, right? So I've been to all these different countries now that I've seen the world. And so I've kind of come to this new like thing. And it's great being a comedian. We say whatever we want. We do whatever we want. And I literally believe that like – it, like I said, it's hard to hate up close. So what I like to say is like, I don't hate racists. I don't hate transphobic people. I don't hate bigots. They're just not there yet. They're stupid idiots the way we were stupid idiots. And then we had an experience that changed us. Like like you were saying, like you, maybe you don't know about black culture. Well, how could you? You right. grew up in Milwaukee. You moved to Arizona. You've got this fantastic career. To, how would you, what, in what neighborhood has let you come in and, and eat with them and live with them and, and experience that? But you're open to it, and yeah, yeah and you want to meet people of that. So of course you would be ignorant to that. Like, like, but but same with these racists. You know, like someone's got to love on them. They've got to be taught that they're being wrong. They're not. You're not going to be wrong by canceling them and yelling at them on Twitter on some fake internet shit. We can. Let's say I talk about that too. With if you see when uh, a pitcher in the major leagues from West Virginia has a racist tweet from when he was 15 years yeah, old, and this is an idiot. example I use all the time. But he was 15 years old. Exactly. Who raised him? The parents were probably racist. All the people around him were probably racist. Well, I thought it was funny. There's no way to know what good versus – and the, the opposite of that is I was at LSU years ago, and Les Miles uh, was the coach at the time. He had me come in to talk to the football team. Okay. And he goes, you don't understand. Some of these kids come from backgrounds that we can't even understand. Sure. Like this guy – his grandma had him selling drugs on the corner. His grandmother had him. So what is your sense of morality? What, is, what are your ethics? What is your makeup? If your grandmother yeah. has you Tough out start. there sell, and you can't, how do you, quote, unquote, fix that? That's the difficult thing. So, well, yeah. I will say that. Um, I've seen you on stage and I, I, to, to cut you off there, I'm sorry, but I've seen you on stage and I go, wow. You say a lot of things, really smart things. Thank you. And I think it's tough because you're a good-looking guy. If you're yeah, uglier, me. But I think it can help in some ways. It helps but my I think, life, but it doesn't help my comedy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I think of Daniel Tosh. Yeah, he's and great. the smile. Yeah, like Daniel Tosh can say something really terrible. Not to compare you and to hit him, him with that smile. But yeah. you hit it with that smile, and there's something likable, and you're going, uh, you know what? I, I get where I, you know. Do you know who Tim Dillon is? Uh, no. Fantastic comedian. You'll love him. One of our favorite kind of observations that uh, we agree on is that um, the best thing about this generation and what the world has kind of come to, and it's easy to find the negatives, but one of the positives of modern times is people can sniff out bullshit. And so if you get on stage and you're doing like the beep, 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 my mom is like this and I said, I deep like that's fine if you're trying to win over someone in the 80s with the you know the suit coat and the pushed up sleeves. Hmm. These these people want they're craving authenticity. Okay, you're you're telling me. Uh, listen, this is what's really interesting. So I was just in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I did a show 
And my new, what I'm doing with my act now is all about coming from truth. Love that. I use Charles Barkley as an example that he years ago went out and said, I am not a role model. Then right. he went out and constantly proved it. Yeah. So I told you where he was coming from, truth, who he actually is, honesty, which in acting, as you know, probably that the truth seeps through. Yeah. People can see fakeness. So I'm doing stuff and I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about what it's like for me to go out in public. People say, do some John Madden, do this. Mm -hmm. And I have a show. I get a standing ovation for the show. It's loose. It's a club show. I see yeah. that differently as um, um, from a uh, – uh, and I actually talked about this last week on the podcast. But I see it differently than uh, uh, you know a, a theater show. Mm -hmm. But I get an email from a guy who says – uh, you, you know, you, you well, he actually had sent it out in tweet form. Okay. I was tweeting out that more shows were coming up, and he's like, Oh, just saw the show. If you want to know what it's really like, here's what it is it's 20 minutes of him reading a text. It was like me, I pulled out my phone and read a text for three minutes. Yeah, what are you of, supposed to memorize the Yeah, text? but of my, it was my wife. And if you've met my wife, yeah, now you have better, better. Yeah, fun to yeah. tease. Yeah, fun to be playful. It was all about, it was just. How she uh, is something that my daughter had done. She got stuck in her sports bra that day. That's hilarious. Uh, so I read that. It's a human yeah. moment. And then I talk about why I'm not working on tons of new impressions because everybody I do impressions of gets in trouble. There's yeah. a hashtag That's thing and stuff like that. But this just fits in. And I know it's a recap from something I talked about last week. But the reality is this guy didn't want truth. This guy wanted the puppet show. Right, but guess what? Those people are becoming less and less. Right, and it's the younger people who are going to be seeing you in the future that they like that a bunch more. Old people like truth, too. I mean, like, why do you think that there is a um, – I mean, I'm saying that guy is gone. There are those people. They're still – they exist, but they're a very small number, at least in my measurement, where, like, the people that they – like, take the Laugh Factor, the improv, for example. Those are a bunch of buffoons. Like, when you perform for those crowds, they don't they don't even care about the jokes. They just want to go to work next to you and go, you know who I saw last night? I saw Gabriel Iglesias. I saw Chris D'Elia. They want to brag about some famous person they saw. They're not there for comedy. Right. If I go and do a show for Jeff Dye fans, they're excited and they want jokes yeah. and they want to hear about my texts and things like that. Um, or most of them do, um, but when those some some places they just want to see a star. Or they the guy that you're talking about, he just wants a joke he can repeat at his dumb factory job. And yeah, I mean, again, I try not to get. But he's just, the minority. He's not the. the, the yeah, big I have two audiences, and they're start, they, the younger one is starting to grow. I do a bunch of stuff about the yeah. Avengers and Endgame, and I'm great. doing Loki impressions. Yeah, I am but Loki of Asgard. I'm doing that. And, that's your right, truth. and that's what I am, what and you love, and that's what I care about, and it's a connection with my daughter and stuff like that. And I do the stuff they want to see in the yeah. show, too. Like I try to hit everybody, but you just can't make everybody happy. So it's Holmberg, John Holberg's told me this thing. He goes, I just don't care what anybody thinks anymore. He goes, I just go out there and do my thing. And I, I envy that so much. And I'm, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I got called on this this last week. I said I was envious of the Sklar brothers because they were on Better Call Saul and not jealous. And somebody said, that's the same thing. I'm like, no, the connotation of jealous to me is I don't want that to happen for you so it happens to me. Right. Envious is like, wow, that's really cool. I'd love to have something happen like that Right, for and me. also if you can't differentiate those words, pick up a dictionary. Well, this was a cool person. I mean, they got it Still. after I explained it, but it's people just on the internet, it's easy to yeah. try and rip somebody. Correct. But the my favorite thing of what you're talking about here is just that freedom and liberation to be able to go out there and actually – like some of the stuff you say, like how you say it, almost scares me. Not because I don't believe it; I one hundred percent believe it. But I've been in this corporate world for right. so long of doing, of hiding just enough behind some masks yeah. 
that I go, gosh, I feel that same way, and I'm so scared somebody's going to take me down. They and here's the thing. Uh, there's two thoughts on that that I have. If you if you want to entertain the both of them, but one of them is. Uh, I'm willing to deal with short-term conflict f to keep myself happy. So, sure, occasionally I might say something or misrepresent myself or, or do a word that might catch people's ears wrong, but I'm willing to deal with that social consequence right. and say, hey, you know, I'm a comedian, I'm going for the thing. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong, but you also get the freedom to speak to me freely uh, in any way you want. You're never going to offend me. I'm, I just want to hear a dialogue. So there's that. And I do care what people think. I care what people think a lot, but I will never let that censor any of my thoughts, words, freedoms, or expressions. So I'm going to say anything. And and here's the thing, like when I do a corporate event, I'm still going to try and do jokes to win them over. But if any moment they think that they've got me like in a cage or something like that, no, I'll bet they're off. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I'm thinking. See, I think of corporate events completely different. They're paying you that, yeah. you know, that money to do the show for them. And I try to win them over. I just right. definitely do. As opposed to everything else where I think I in comedy. I want them to be happy and I want them to Yeah, like but in in the corporate world, there's uh, PR, uh, uh, HR departments, not mm -hmm. PR. Well, yeah, there are yeah. PR departments, but they, they deal with what you say afterward. Yeah. No, but the HR departments and stuff like that, people's jobs are on the line in corporates. That's sure. the way I would look at it. And they're giving you that great money and you're in their world. And I'm very careful there. I, I, I compartmentalize that to be a little bit different. Sure. You may not. That's fine. Whatever. But in terms of just the public shows, I'm completely envious yeah. and want to get there. I just I get so scared of that backlash. Right. And I, maybe it's because I've been in sports so much. And if you watch how well, you have these networks, too. And they yeah, have a thousand that, people in there. I was at ESPN yeah. for four or five years. And like they they slowly whittled everything out. Right. And people well, feel and that that's why TV's dying. Right. Because people people want uh, truth. They why would you watch something on TV that had a bunch of EPs who had, didn't do shit on the show and then got paid tons of money, and and there's all these notes and emails going back and forth in this big machine when you can just go to YouTube and watch pretty much anything you want. Like if you have a thing for old people falling off logs into rivers, you can find a whole YouTube channel for that, and it's free and it's easy and it's already on their phone. And it's because I think people want what they want now, and they're doing this kind of like this new. It's not even new, but there's there's that kind of like movement of it. And I think that that's because people want to watch what they want to watch and they want to hear what they want to hear. And if there's anything to learn from Donald Trump, uh, think about like if, if, if Obama's your favorite president and he's like this model citizen and then you see a video where he's calling woman like a, a fat idiot that goes viral and now his like his like meter goes down a little bit like would you can you believe obama called that woman a fat idiot however if you read tomorrow that donald trump called a woman a fat idiot you're not even going to read that article you're going to go of course he did it's the and same it's the same point as that barkley thing i said i'm not a role right? model you go out there you've set up this so people go that's jeff Dye. that's that's what yeah. he does and we actually like him for that see uh, i've set myself to get away with a ton because I people they go oh, we don't we're not surprised by that that's what that guy does that's you know see that's why I have to, I almost had to start over because so many of my fans are so used to me and I don't think of myself as being I, I, I don't know I'm not a renegade in any means I just want truth too well, I hate your hypocrisy truth isn't necessarily having to have a take about uh, gender fluidity or anything right things. your truth is. Thanos and 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 right, but there's Marvel there's little pieces I, kind of on this show. We talk about this stuff all the time because yeah. I want people to see where I'm coming from. Sure. So I'm trying to build it slowly to get people to understand that I am a human being, Absolutely. that I'm not just this 
thing in a box right. that's there for the puppet show and the puppets pop up once in a while. And when Absolutely. people do that, they start to care about you more and they start to see you as a human being. When I go to when I watch Jeff die, I look forward to hearing what you have to say. Right. Thank you. A lot of times people look at me and go, what's he going to do? What's what's the next magic trick? Right. To, for you, it's more like what are the words in the poem? Sure. And there's a big difference. That's a di- that's a big difference in art forms. And there's nothing wrong, but I just like to be. I want to have a little bit more of that myself. And I envy people like you for that reason. I envy. I watch kids, I, I, and my son is like this. He's not. He's in school right now, and he feels like he's completely in a box. Oh really? Oh yeah, because he's a free thinker, yeah. and they're always telling him certain. Like Fall one teacher, one yeah, this. one teacher last year told him and he's he, I, I would not call him political he's he's only 15 years old sure but a teacher in a in a class that had nothing to do with building a wall said um walls are uh, i don't want to be political here but walls are only uh are bad things for everybody and it had nothing to do like yeah and you knew what that had to do with it, it, it was a political yeah, statement absolutely. but it was in the it was almost in math class it might have essentially been it, yeah. that's not what it was because i don't want to point out exactly what it was but he's like why are teachers telling me this stuff? I can decide that on my own at Absolutely. home. It had it's nothing wildly to do. inappropriate. And he didn't. He wasn't saying that wall is the right thing. Right. He just goes, "Why are they telling me this in the middle of nothing?" But most of the kids, he goes, "Dad, most of the kids just nod and then talk about it afterwards." Like that teacher's so right because they're in such power positions. Absolutely. And I don't have a pro. I, listen, I, I don't know. It's just weird to me how people don't understand how much influence they have on everybody all the time, especially teachers. Yeah. I don't want a conservative teacher teaching my child either. I don't want them I, I don't want them to really know. It's tricky, man, because these schools have slowly become, at least where I grew up and where I live currently, they're very alt leftist schools. You know And what is that? I don't even understand what that is. Exactly. Um well it's a term I basically sort of made up. We That's why I need know to know what, the what it is. Right is, right? right. Uh, well this is like the left going too far, like the left just being like, you have to do this and you have to do that. And if you think anything differently, you must be a racist or a bad person. Right. You're like, what? You're lumping me in with that just because I think this is a little weird. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they're they're getting rid of the idea of free thinking. They're, they're saying, no, no, no. The, the Which way is what thinking, the liberal thinking is supposed to be, free thinking. Right. right. Yeah. They're like, the way you think is over here. And you're like, no, let me get to that. You know, like let right. me get to that thing, and so um, it's it's tricky. It didn't I don't I don't think when I grew up, it, school felt like that. School was just they'd teach us some shit we didn't really care about, and then we would like we were kind of just like our own little society. Whereas like now it's like this whole you've got students protesting like at the White House and like doing sit-ins and stuff like that. You're like, what are you doing? Let them be kids. Yeah. Right. It's pretty easy to protest when you're just going to be driven home at night to your parents' house. <laughs> There's no consequences. You can't arrest a 13-year-old that's doing a sit-in. So, like, it's not that heroic. Like, a sit-in, like, where, like, I don't know if you've seen any of those old things, like, police dogs are biting the throats of, like, people who are fighting for, like, human rights. Right. And that's a, that's a you know, they're getting things poured on their heads and being locked up overnight and beaten with billy clubs. Like, that's a protest. Uh, or like that. At least there's some stakes in that protest. Kids now they think they're heroes because their mom's like, "Are you going to the sit-in? Okay, I'll pick you up at five. Like that's not a. It's not. But like, why are we making everything in school so political? Like they're 15. Let them. Be well, 15. you remember when a lot of these teachers were younger too. The the hippies was the counterculture, right? right? 
And the the FBI was what you would think of as being right wing uh, right. law enforcement, and the, but all the hippies got older and became the teachers. Absolutely. And now counterculture is actually being more conservative ish kind of feeling. I see that with a lot of the young males, especially. I talked about this with a friend, uh, Drew Powell. You know who Drew is? Mm-mm. He was Solomon Grundy on Gotham. Okay. And he had retweeted a um, a thing about how the Russian bots are um they're they're making all these kids conservative these young males mm-hmm. and i was like i was like I, I understand where that article's coming from and i talked to him about this never i didn't talk to him on the show yet we'll bring it up sometime but i was like i see it with my own son and a lot of kids they just feel like everything's always coming at them like you're a bad guy right you're you're a bad guy because you're born with some money right uh yeah what exactly is he supposed to do with yeah he can't change it he can't change and if he did it'd be cultural appropriation right? right he's trying to change and he's not being who he actually is. So it all comes back to me being my fault for working hard and being successful yeah, yeah, and, you. and having some luck. And, I mean, yeah. I had some luck. There's a lot of luck that yeah. comes. I don't know if you feel that way, but luck comes into yeah, play along with hard uh, hard work. Um, and it all it all comes together. But it, what it means to me is just I just look and see. I love what you where you come from, and I wish I could get there. I'm trying to because it's – well, that's nice of you to say, and thank you. It's honest. It's yeah. 100% honest, and sometimes that'll that make people... The secret sauce is, like, these fans... Like, think about in the old days, you like, whoever your hero was growing up, you didn't have any access to that person. Like, whoever your hero was was just this man on a poster, I'm assuming a man. Uh, Should maybe be. Maybe a woman. Should be a man. <laughs> um, but mine was, you know, as Ken Griffey Jr. was, like, a poster on my wall, and he was, like, this cool guy, and I would watch him on my TV, and occasionally I'd go to the kingdom and watch some games where he was about 500 yards from me. Right. I didn't demand he follow me back on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't get to uh, to troll him about like things. I didn't get to like try to message him or anything. Uh, I mean, nowadays everyone is so linked to someone they like or someone that they admire or someone that they watch that like um, th- they demand it. And so if that's what the tide has shifted to, that means they want to get to know us. You know, Mitch Hedberg used to crush for 30 minutes and he'd have trouble on the back 45 because they were like, listen, Mitch, we already love you. But we want to know who you date and what your hobbies right. are. And you're doing jokes about escalators and bananas, and it's great, and it's very funny, and that's why we love you. But what's Mitch? Where's the we human want, element? We want to know Mitch. We want to, we do, they want that uh, autobiographical thing. And so it's more so than since Mitch has passed. Like, it's way more now. And I think that that's why I had to shift my comedy a little bit and be like, you know what? They're sniffing out the stuff that I'm not being honest about. So where did you start? If you had to shift your comedy to this... Started as a shitty comedian is how I started. You know, We all yeah, we all bad at first. Yeah, but I was very like... I've done um, it for 20 years. <laughs> well, I was, I've never seen you do bad. So like, I, I just presume we were all bad when we first started, right? You know? Yeah. You, there's, there's no way... I got lucky my very first time up. I did a bunch of. Imp- I have no idea what I was doing, but the impressions. It wasn't me. It was the fact that they I pulled like off that. some impressions. Yeah, yeah. They loved the puppet show, right? And then I just went with it. So, but in terms of, so you said you shifted your comedy to more truth and stuff. Were you telling jokes before that? Uh, I'm. I was very um, afraid to say what I was actually thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up in Seattle. You know, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, very, very liberal place. I mean, I didn't meet a Republican until I was like 28. Like, they were like Bigfoot to me. I was like, what? You saw one? Like, what is that? A real Republican? Um, so the, I was kind of brainwashed into these ideas where you just 
you say, you know, oh, people can do whatever they want and open borders. And I would say things that I didn't even believe. I was just regurgitating the things that uh, that people around me were saying. Exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah, I've got uh, some teacher that wears scarves all year round, and she's like this sweet lesbian lady. She seems like she's guiding me in the right direction. So now I'm just regurgitating her ideologies instead of forming my own and making my own thoughts. Right. So the more evolved I got and the older I got, I like to find myself somewhere in that middle. I don't like being too far this way or too far that way. I think Johnny Cash, who's a hero of mine, like he he walked the line, right? Like he famously, he would have like some hillbilly uh, Fox hour where it was like a country music show every week on Fox. But then he would invite guys like Bob Dylan on, right. you know, who was a, a poet at the time and all these different things. And some people say he walked the line. Some people say he played both sides of the coin. And that's what I like to do with my jokes. I might throw a pro-gun thing this way and then I'll give you, a, a, you know, transgender people, you know, need to be liberated. Like... I play both because I that's what the society But it's what you in. believe in the that's first what I place. Believe, as long as it's what I truly believe. And that's the great that's what's great is when you're coming from th- that truth and what you believe the fallback is it's just me. It's not me yeah. making it up to try and hurt somebody. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from. If exactly. you don't like that, you just don't like something I'm saying, which doesn't mean you don't have to like me. You might just not like a particular thing I'm saying. Most people go through life looking for excuses to be offended um so they don't even they might not even know they do it but do you think you have no i don't i think society does and these are the people we're trying to make laugh but most people go through life and they don't they might not even realize they're doing it but they go through life going uh looking for things like oh what the way she dressed or i can't believe that parent would be like that in a grocery store oh i would never wear that hat or i can't believe they're holding hands or it's gross that they're doing pda and they look for all these reasons and at the end of the day they go oh well that should have been different i should and they've put all this stuff on it instead of going hey that's just how people live and so they don't they don't think what an interesting way to think they think if you think different than the way they think it must be a threat to the way you think and so if these that's how people are going through life i try to do jokes to say hey i'm going to shatter all those things that you're so um offended by like you should be offended by nothing nothing should surprise you yeah you know and so like i guess that's that's what comes down to why do you care yeah why does it bother what's the what's the What's the preconceived notion that it's breaking? That right. why and why do you have the preconceived notion? Why does it bother you that somebody wants to get married? Like like let's say you're some crazy like yo I would never get married. Why does it bother you that they are? Why does it bother you that some like my dad is kind of like that where he's like uh, my biological father is like uh, he's like uh, well that guy he's wearing a stupid pink shorts. I would never wear that. Right? You wouldn't. Right. But just because you wouldn't doesn't mean he shouldn't. Oh, I would never have sex with a man, so no one should have sex with a man. It's like, well, I don't want to, and you don't have to, but that guy does. So... It's funny that you, you had that conversation with your biological father. I've had that conversation with my wife. <laughs> like I've explained to her, I go, just because you think something doesn't mean everybody else exactly. has to think. And I might have gone too far because she's in the kitchen right now listening to <laughs> Christmas music in September wearing some t- type of karate kid headwear. She has a ninja headwear. headband that says ninja. Yeah. So it's like labeled with yeah. in case you got confused. In case you don't know. It's a it's a this billboard. This is for yoga. It's actually for uh, a, a for brand. crime. It's a No, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's 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 phone ninjas. It's her uh, her brother's company. Oh, nice. It's her brother's little, company. Little so it's, yeah, he he wears them all over the place. That's hilarious. And uh, it's very it's very funny, very good. Um, but yeah, I might have talked into her too far. It's funny because my wife thought at the beginning she told me she's when we got married and said so she's like I'm a Democrat. I'm like oh you are huh? Uh. And then the, then we started talking about taxes and then she goes I'm a Republican. <laughs> right. I yeah. go and then I said 
we were talking about taxes one time, and she's uh, then the the conversation evolved into something about uh, kids or somebody. She's like, "Well, there should be a public assistance program for that." I'm like, "Well, then you're not a Republican. Yeah, you, you don't. don't know. You're not. You don't know what you are." And that's what most people are. Is they're a combination, right? Of absolutely. Of these thoughts, but they still look for these camps. No, see, I fight myself the whole time. I, it's so funny because as you're talking, and I'm agreeing with so much. Um, disagreeing with anything anybody else would disagree with. Yeah, just in uh, case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> but I got I, so much of the time, in, even my brain, which I and I hate this for myself. I don't want it for myself. I would never want to do this. Somebody, my brain's going. I wonder what the label is for him. I wonder is he? Uh, yeah, it's is, tricky. Is, yeah, is he libertarian? Is he conservative? Is nope. he? Nope. Uh, and it's it's just great that you're not and you don't want to be anything no because idea. it doesn't. I've said this for years too. Just get rid of the D's and the R's on all the voting, and you just have to vote for a person you know. Yeah. Who's the person? What's their platform? What do they actually think? Don't just go and vote R the whole time. Don't just go vote D the whole time because you don't know. Can you believe? That's the, that's the judgments we should be making. Walk through a grocery store tomorrow and go, wow, all these people get to vote. Isn't that crazy? They're letting me vote. They're letting him vote. Like, that's insanity to me. Like, you should have to take a bunch of And tests. when you say that, you mean women and black people, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> How are no, they voting? No, but I mean, yeah, I, I know, what you're, I know what you're saying. You're, you're uh, saying like the people that are on the Walmart sites and stuff like that. Everyone, all of yeah, us. right. I mean, like here's the thing. Like I'm a very uh, – I, I have a high level of intellect, but not a lot of uh, historical information. I can barely spell. I don't know much ma- – and they're letting me pick. Like that's insanity to right. me. Like you should have to take all these tests to prove that you're uh, that you're smart enough and that you know enough about policy and that you know enough about. But that's the, isn't that run? the whole point of the country though? You don't have to. Yeah. There's a. I mean, it's a. Why? It's a crazy thing. You, you can go on one side or the other. You can go. We should all have to know this stuff to yeah. vote, and then you should go. We shouldn't have to make people do anything to vote. There's no way to find an actual middle ground for that because both. It's chaos. Another thing, I, I point this out to everybody. Almost everybody who's on the show, I go, it's just like saying this. I'm over here and you're over there. And you go, no, no, no. I'm over here. You're over there. Right. We're saying the same thing. Absolutely. It's just looking at it from different perspectives. But I also, and that's key, right? What you said last is the different perspectives. I'm trying to, with my comedy and with the, the TV projects that I'm working on, I'm trying to say, no, we're we're not really at odds, which is what I kind of started with when we were talking first, is that like it's this fake outrage. It's this right. fake political divide. But if you go through society, yeah, people are getting along, it looks like. People are like uh, they're they're fine. Everyone's until they find until they read somebody else's Facebook page or Twitter, then that's when they get mad at each it's other. It's not even right? real. They're hiding in some uh, some place or like on their phone in this like l- this little uh, contraption that has anonymity. But like but by and large, you know, People are eating together, and they're they're we're working in a society together. Why aren't people celebrating that? That's the perspective. Have it's you not ever, real? Have you ever blocked anybody that didn't like something you did comedy wise, or somebody? I've only blocked people because they're just running um, shenanigans on my page. So like, uh, so they'll just write something over and over and over, or like they're trying to promote their right. stuff on. You know that. Kind I of mute people me. a lot because then they don't know that that you people can't see you on their timeline. Yeah. So if you mute the person. 
then they basically go away from your world. I thought you had to follow but, them to mute them. Or no, uh, no, you can just mute people. Oh, nice. Yeah, because yeah, there's there are trolls, and that's the only thing, or not the only thing, but that's something that I don't like about our president is that he's made it very popular to be a troll. I okay, so I, I don't like. I that. think he's kept that going, but I don't think he started it. I think he, he started. I think he makes he's it seem like it's okay to be a provocateur. And right. I, I don't I, like provoking. I I and I think that's for me personally. Yeah. I think that's the wrong. Pl- the the highest office in the country is the wrong place to be doing that for me. Yeah, exactly. Is to 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 be instigating like that. But I also think that in terms of Congress people as well, I yeah. watch AOC do the same I don't thing. Like when any of them do it? Yeah, no, and it, it's and Fox both do it. It like, seems like and newscasters do it to each other it doesn't now. Doesn't make any sense. Like that and that, journalists that, do that it? takes you away from being newscaster, r- reporter, journalist. It takes you into being personality. Absolutely, and that's. But That's the struggle like, I have. And I have no problem with a personality admitting they're a personality, but don't go to the thing, we're the fourth estate. Right. This is – no, you just you just trumped Trump. You just I, went hi, back at him calling him a, an idiot. And that just – I would rather see you break it down without any angst or anything, just going, well, here are the facts. Absolutely. This, 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 and this, and go, this is what he said, and I can go – Oh my gosh, you're right. Even somebody who's on with the hurricane, and I haven't heard the whole um, the whole clip, which I don't I don't know if I need to or not. I'm not saying that, but that whole thing. I've never even heard of a Category Five. Like, yeah. like, it, but he said in other clips. He's there's plenty of clips where he's That's pretty great actually. But he he says stuff like that. But know. there are other older clips where he's saying Category Five is the worst. Like, oh really? Oh yeah. There's oh, plenty of. Them. But that's the funny consistent. thing because he constantly will do that, and then you go, "There's no defense of that." Yet people will try to defend it. But I sure. I'm already at the point where I don't know if that's been cut out. So I I, I actually let it all seep right through me, and yeah. I don't get angry well, about any side. That they keep doing exactly. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, if your hero is Donald Trump or Barack Obama, if you fooled yourself to think that these people care about yeah. you or that they even that they even done anything worth admiring in my opinion you need some cooler role models you need some better stuff I, they're politicians yeah they, i think listen i think a lot of people get into it and not all of them but i think many people get into it with a good a good yeah. uh with good intentions yeah but as soon as you That's get power, hero? power changes everything. Who would you? Who would be your heroes then? Ken uh, Griffey you, Jr. You, well, but also like fictional characters from stories that like make you inspired to go be the best person you are. Or they have virtues that you would value. You th- you see that as a hero, or yeah, you see that, that would be someone you'd pick as a role. But model. wouldn't you rather pick somebody who's real and has flaws, or? Um. Yeah, but I think a lot of good storytelling, the hero has flaws. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I was just saying in terms of a hero. What real person would be your so hero? So Hulk Hogan is a great example. <laughs> okay, can we? Yeah, because he's uh, very flawed. <laughs> Let right? me tell you very something, fl- brother. But he also he he was a uh, he he would tell you to eat your vitamins, <laughs> do the right thing. I was a little boy, and I'm seven years old. I'm watching Hulk Hogan going. <laughs> Wait, I'm, that's I mean now I though. I mean like. now. Who's your not? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's my first role model, Ken Griffey Jr., Hulk Hogan. And then as I get older, I start- are those guys still up there? Um, maybe maybe King Griffey. The idea of him, because okay. Griffey was able to do a thing that no one else could do best. You know, like I got to watch someone be a master of their craft. Right. And then, um, and Hulk Hogan, like I said, even when he went bad, he I can't. Still I have no lost. idea if this is reality or if it's this real. is my no, wife in the you, kitchen man. right now. This is, this is real. I love. But but Hulk Hogan is this fictional thing that is noble. See, I, I differ on you that I'd rather see people in in real life. That and I know this is going to sound cliche, 
but the firefighter guy. Okay. The, the real. That's good. Uh, somebody there. I, I mean, I don't think it's who I choose. Right. I don't. I think that's a utopian, because I, I, I. You look at somebody who's who seems to be. If there were like the most famous firefighter yes. that could put out the biggest fires, that would be me. <laughs> the putting most out, fires. Uh, the most fires. I could put out the biggest fires. You know, I'm going to do it. With a Category 5 hurricane that I just heard about. You fight fire with fire. I'm, I'm sending fire <laughs> I'm, over to the fires. I've heard about that. I've and when you fight thing. fire with fire, the original fire is going to back off. And this fire, Trump fire, is the best, the best fire. fire. The biggest fire. The biggest, fieriest <laughs> fire. So I wish that I could answer the question, uh, you know, so, so I think sometimes you say to a young person or you say to even a grown-up, who do you like? Who is your role model? And, and there's no wrong answer, but it would ideally be dad, right? right. I, you'd hope your kids would say, my dad, he's a good guy. He's always been there. He loves me. He's given me a great life. Mine knows style. all his softball stats for the last six years. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. That's a noble person. And so it doesn't have to be someone famous. It doesn't have to be a Hulk Hogan. It can be a cartoon. It could be whatever. But you pick the right role models. Is your What about being a president or a politician or a lobbyist that you, like, you need to get your heroes in check? Like if you like a John Wayne, you like a John Wayne. If you like a, a, a pro athlete. Right, but they're not. LeBron James is a fantastic example of a great human being. Right. He, he spends his free time with his with his kids and his wife, who he's he's never gotten publicly in trouble for doing anything against, which most pro athletes, that's their Achilles oh, publicly, heel. Publicly. Well, but like that's the thing, like now it's really easy to get caught doing stuff with Twitter and these kind of things. And he somehow has just, uh, been above that. I think he owns Twitter. That's yeah, something. I don't there, know. There I, may I, you be. can't find anything bad. His biggest mistake made hundreds of thousands of dollars for the Boys and Girls Club. And he still apologized for the decision. He, he And so he made a school where kids have free. I have a I mean, different. I, I think he does do a lot of good, human. but he, I think he also loves attention. I so? think it's. So do we. Yeah, no, not so much. I'm, I want the attention to be on you. No, we love attention. I, you know, I, I go back. Better than the, getting up in front of those people and getting those laughs. Uh, That's a drug. We're drug addicts. I don't know. I, I like it. I like it when it's new yeah. and it's fun and I'm creating and I'm proud of something that can that comes out. But I'm just starting to find that world for myself. Okay. You've you've found it a lot. I still struggle with your picking. Uh, role models that don't actually exist in the yeah, real yeah, world because yeah. I'm having trouble with that that's because what storytelling is right I get it on the in the world of story I get it I, I think that's great who's I, your favorite Marvel guy um I, I, I it's it would be hard to pick there's just some really? but I would never pattern my life after Captain America yeah that that's, makes sense I mean to me that's there's a I get what you're saying mm -hmm. because hey you can pick the exact person it's almost like hey I have all these categories to choose from I can pick just anyone and it makes sense but it's almost like who can I tie to that in real life to see if that's a real person that could be there and I don't want to set a goal for myself yeah. that I could never attain I'm never going to be Hulk Hogan I don't think I right. could be I don't think I could and even more than that I could never be Iron Man or Captain America now the virtues that they show, I, yeah, it's great to, to right. live to that. But your superpower is that you make people really happy, even if you're not enjoying it. Even if you said that sometimes, you know, and I've heard you refer to your act as a, you know, uh, too many times on this 
audio of you saying it's a puppet. It's not. It's fantastic. It's great. What you're, Is it? you're right. You're right. Whether you right. like it or not, or whether you're over it or whether you're whatever, trying to find that kind of a new chapter. It's fantastic and it's great. And it's made a lot of people really happy. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't take anything away from that. Power. So guess what? Yeah. Maybe Spider-Man doesn't, he feels that burden of being Spider-Man is like, ugh, like, you know, there's that, that's part of it. But also, um, that's our superpower. We finally get to do something that's great, and that's why we get rewarded with so much attention and drinks and money and things like that. Do you that. ever have – I still have issues when people call me somebody they idolize yeah. or something like that. I get – I have somebody say that to me. I'm like, you got to – and I mean, I'd say it jokingly, but I'm yeah. like, you got to get some better role models. There's just – because I know too much about myself, and I'm too honest about it to go, geez, I – but all your heroes have that those flaws. Yeah, so. I guess I don't. It's good. Al makes fun of me all the time because I go into a place and I I just I will say stuff like I'm one of the one of the guys, yeah. one of the people, and I'll make fun of people, and then they'll be like, "That really hurt my feelings." I'm like, "But I why?" They go, "Because yeah. I've idolized you my entire life." I go, "No, we're on the same level. Yeah, we're the same. That's the whole point. We're goofing around. With the you, whole yeah. point is you come back at me and rip me. Yeah. Tell me, and hey, I'll be fine. Hey, Mister Voices, that's the joke. But yeah. they're afraid to. And Al's like, "Nah, Frank, they don't." The, and he doesn't say it in a mean way. He's like, but that's what happens. You go into a place, and I've made some some people who I thought I was pe- uh, had on pedestals, I've made them feel awkward. Like, they thought I was in a better spot right. and in the entertainment world than them. And they were like, what, what are you doing? Why are you knocking me down? I'm like, no, no, this is, yeah, this book, this is just – we're." You, you, I don't. I uh, I am agreeing with you on that, and disagreeing with anyone that would be a. Like, if somebody was on a, uh, if I saw somebody as being pathetic, it would be harder for me to make fun of them. But we'd probably just ignore them. Yeah, exactly my point. Yeah, if, if somebody, like, I just, I just, if there's three people in the room and there's a person I feel sad about, yeah. I just don't. I, yeah. I, I I might engage and be cordial, but then go. Well, no, no jokes are going to be said about you because I treat people I don't like as like they're invisible, and there's not very many people I don't like. But if I didn't like you, I just you wouldn't even know that I knew you existed like I just treat them like they're not a thing it's weird all I know is I'm on the right track when I see you I just gotta grow dude you're crushing it I no love, no I mean I no I mean grow in height oh when yeah, I see yeah. You, I'm 6'4 I'm 5'6 oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah lose 50 pounds and just, uh, I'm just the one thing I do have you uh, on you is just looks yep I just won me there crush you <laughs> Well, the um, I was trying to think what we were talking about. Oh, the role models thing and like a fictional or, or real, and then you being sometimes people go to you and you don't like hearing that you're their idol or whatever, which I think is silly. It's I don't I don't I don't. It's just weird. I'm never. I have trouble with applause. There's a fine I, line between self-loathing and and uh, humility. Let me explain something to you. Humility is 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 okay, but but even when that's disingenuous, uh, it it stinks. I don't. I, I think I have some humility. I, I do not self-loathe. I don't. Yeah. My daughter was doing that to me, to me today yeah. about her terrible life from yeah, school. Yeah, how hard she's got it. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick you up in the Cayenne. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just when these kids, when my kids tell me how tough life is, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you don't even understand. Right. We had the same Ford Tempo forever, <laughs> and that was our good car. Right. So, I I, I have trouble. It's weird. If people clap too long while I'm on stage or laugh too long, I'm like, okay, I got stuff to do here. That's hilarious. Some people love that and would just love that the whole time. Yeah. When I first started getting laughs on stage, I was I felt awkward about it. Oh, really? And I still have a little bit of that. My dad used to tell me, you don't have any confidence. You don't have, like when I was a kid, he's just yeah. like, you got to have confidence. You'd be way better. 
when you have confidence, then I bring them to the compound. I go, I never had any confidence, Dan. It's okay. <laughs> what were your softball out. stats? Uh, I went two for three, turned three double plays, and playing in the 80 and over league. You're not an idiot. Fake my birth certificate, Fake, Frank. Yeah, I got to win. <laughs> well, I do think that there's something to that. I think, like, humility is a fantastic trait. I don't like when it's forced. You know, so, like, when you see, like, American Idol or something, and one of the one of the girls yeah. advances, and she's like, me? You're like, well, of course you. You sing great. What are you right. talking about? Yeah, it's... But she feels like she has to do that because... It's she, a character at that point. Yeah, but, but it, and I think that that smells bad. It reeks of... You can feel it. ...fakeness. Whereas with a Kanye West, he says... I'm great, and now's the time to tell people I'm great, and I'm brilliant, and I'm a. My mom taught me to love myself, and that I'm a fantastic person, and that I'm a, a talented artist, and I'm not afraid to say that. We tell our kids to be confident, yeah, and we tell our kids that they're great, and that they need to be proud of themselves, and they can be anything they want to be. And they get to a certain age, and we start chopping them down. Say, hey, you know, this is real life, and jobs are supposed to be this, and you can't talk like that, and you'll be, uh, and and they what the what they hear is just like, oh, I guess I shouldn't be great. And so then they stop being great. Whereas, like, I'd t- I'll take a, I'll take a, um, I'll take a real arrogance and confidence over fake humility any day, because at least yes. that person's being honest, and and they're probably gonna do some great stuff because they love themselves. I see my son with great confidence, and I'm I'm envious of that too. Yeah. I'm like, he's got a girlfriend. I, 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 I mean, forever. I was the most awkward kid in the world. I was the chubby oh, kid. Really? Oh yeah, just but. I never thought my son, who I thought was going to be like me, awkward and stuff, all the way through high school. Yeah. yeah I mean, super nice girl, pretty girl. Like I'm like, dude, this kid's killing it. This well, is, and he's a smart kid. He's way smarter than I was. I'm going to not like hearing this, but his dad is Frank Caliandio, man. You know how cool that is? Do you uh, some of the kids cool know. Like I've been out of it for a little bit, so... It's not, not all the kids really know who I am. That not much. about that. Their it's parents cool do. Their to, grandparents love me. No, it's cool to him. Yeah, there's it's a piece. Really cool. He gets to a have lot of. Cool but dad. here's another thing, though. This is the other side of that because you don't have kids. Right. What people will say to those kids are, "Your dad's cool. You're not." Oh, interesting. Your dad is the guy in the family who uh, we all know. Nobody cares about you. He got oh, that when he was younger. I never, I so, never considered right because you you don't you don't think about it until you live through so it. Then maybe he's like starting to get a little jealous or something. I don't think I don't think it's that. But he used to get upset about people just ripping me and him or whatever. <laughs> and I I I th- actually thought it was the opposite. I thought they were ripping me because they thought I was not funny or not good or whatever. And I said, well, you you don't tell them they. It, you don't tell him you're rich. You tell him my dad owns Disney World. I just have a season pass. Right. That's what it's like. Just because my dad did well or is doing well right. doesn't mean because that's like Bill Gates. He only gave his kid. Uh, you know that story. He both of his kids got one hundred thousand dollars when they graduated high school, and that's it. That's all they'll ever get. I, n- so, I never, I never believed that when I was. They get it, but if something ever happens, yeah. But that's you know nice, they, they have that lifeline for sure, right? But they don't. Uh, they're not going. to. I think that's a fair. That's a really great, and that's a way you have to approach. It. I talked to Larry Fitzgerald from the Cardinals. He's like, my son's not gonna. This is my money. Yeah. At least he tells everybody that. I'm sure if your don't kid is your in trouble, yeah. but if your kid's working their ass off and you see it and they're getting little by little by little. You don't have, I would never have a problem with somebody going, hey, here's a little extra boost. 
Here's yeah. something along the way. Or you like way. a Christmas, like, hey, it's Christmas. You yeah. want us to buy you gifts or I can give you a little check. You know, that might yeah. help you out with whatever you're Here's doing. a house. Yeah. Well, that's a big one. Here's, a, here's a log cabin. Well, like uh, when I bought my place, I've never owned before, and then I bought a place a few years ago. Um, there was all these complications. You know how buying a home works where they're like, hey, maybe you could just put in an extra hundred grand. You're like, oh, with that extra hundred grand I have laying around or whatever. Um, I don't have that extra hundred grand laying around. Uh, Terry Bradshaw gave me the money. Oh. And that was a very dad move to be like, hey, just, you know, we got you. Dad's got you. You know what he gave me? What? Advice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Frank, don't, don't wet it on both ends. <laughs> be careful, Frank. I can't wait to hear your, your Terry Bradshaw stories. Uh, but like those, so there is those kind of things I'm saying, like for a parent, like where like if you're Bill Gates, you know, hey, dad, I'm coming home for the summer. Can I stay at our mansion? <laughs> then, yeah, there's those kind of things. But it is, you don't want to give them so much that they don't understand how to fight you know, the best boxers are generally like people who have had a rough start and they need because they know what it's like to need it. Whereas like there's no boxers that are just like cushy. It's just like, yeah, right. I'll train on Friday when I'm done with all the stuff I want to do. And, you know, they that's, fight why, for it. that's why Rocky got back to nothing. They go back, you know. Yeah. And every boxer's like that. Uh, they just came out of prison or they just like they got picked up off the thing. Maybe not nowadays, but there's a great documentary Mario Lopez made. Um called Fighter, I think it's called. No, that was a UFC movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a boxing documentary. You can look it up, Mario Lopez boxing documentary. And every single interview was about that, about them being like, yeah, I, I had to be in the gym like till 2 a.m., like jump roping and punching a bag, just thinking if I don't do this, I could not have a – Right. Yeah. Yeah, you, just, you get driven for that, It's yeah. and then you set your goals, you yeah. attain those goals, and then you set more goals. Right. And you go, this is what I have to do to survive. And that's a great trait of poor people because they know that they don't have anything to lean on. They need it. So if you're a Bill Gates kid and he doesn't teach that to you, <laughs> how are you going to learn it? Yeah. All right. I, we could go on for probably. I, I, you're the best. I find I you, talking to you. Yeah, I find you fascinating nice. just because I had never really seen you do stand-up comedy until the Holmberg uh, Happy Ending show, and which for people who aren't in Phoenix area, which is a lot of you, um, that's the end of the year uh, show that John Holmberg, the, the big guy radio in town does. Um, and I just watched you, and I you hit a lot of topics that I was like, oh, geez, oh, this is brilliant. I wonder. Oh, thanks. I want to talk to him about this. Like, yeah. even I don't get into it now because we got to wrap up. Not a lot of people do a Jesus joke with the word faggot and retard in it. There was, but, uh, yeah, you know, and we're going to bleep it. We're going to bleep it here. So, <laughs> no, but it's that was that's exactly where I was going with yeah. it. I was I wasn't going to repeat you because yeah. I'm still scared. <laughs> but there, I that was the, the Bible stuff. I was like, yeah. geez, that's. Uh, incredible and uh, people are as long as people listen people might have complete differences of opinion or thought but you keep go you keep going and it's it's an inspiration to me and i'm not nice. I, I mean i lie to a lot of people and say they're inspiration <laughs> no i i really mean that you, you john and people like you they can go out there and talk have your ideas and create entertainment around it now yeah. people can walk away and say i didn't like that and you're fine with that i'm learning to figure out how that works as well and it's tough because i've been such a pleaser for so long this yeah. podcast is all about that same thing right where am i coming from five years ago i never would have said on uh, on mike i'd be like oh, i agree with that right. i would have been like hey, uh we uh can we just talk oh, about that's funny do you, do let's you, talk about sports let's do more marvel <laughs> um but yeah so let's go through um just uh, before we take off you're at Jeff Dye across yep, the at board. At Jeff Dye. When is this going up? 
Uh, I don't know yet. It's probably going to be six episodes now. Okay, that's great. Um, yeah, just Jeff Dye on everything. At Jeff Dye on Instagram, Twitter, just my name, J-E-F-F-D-Y-E. And then I have a Patreon that's Jeff Dye also, and then a podcast that's Jeff Dye's Friendship Podcast, and they can find me on all that. I'm, in, easy to find. I'm inviting myself to your podcast. Dude, I would love to have you. How oh, often do you come to L.A.? Uh, I'm going to be there next week. Dude. And the week after? We would love to have you. I totally want I've to. had a ton of pro athletes on, a ton of like- uh, I'm considered in that category. Well, I kind of stay away from comedians unless I genuinely am friends with them. Right. So like, you're perfect for that. Yeah. We're yeah. Absolutely. No, I uh, I just started watching, and I, I watched some clips from your podcast. Yeah. And uh, and after, listen, I like I I generally stay away from watching any comedians. Yeah. Because possible. one of the problems is I heard Jonathan Katz talk about this years ago. You remember Doctor Katz? Yeah. He said he didn't watch comedians because he didn't want to be influenced by comedians. He wanted to come from his own line of thought. And my biggest problem is I would work with Dave Attell, and by the end of the week, I'd be talky-talky oh, like yeah. this, Norm McDonald. Yeah, you know, you Dude, can't get out of How do you not talk like Norm after watching Norm? And you, you start to think like him, too. Yeah, you start to cut, you form your sentence like, yeah, you know? Like, and it doesn't I, work. I, like, I do it all the time. I had to stop watching Norm McDonald. Oh, yeah. Because I just love him so much, and I like the, what he's doing. But he can do that thing. He can do things that normal humans can't. Yeah. He can do things. This is where I'm putting him on a pedestal. And <laughs> talk about oh. a guy with, but a guy who's Trace probably got some theory. flaws, but oh. brilliant. But he can do this. He can talk about the grocery store. Have no joke. I did this on Cowherd the other day, and Colin Cowherd. I went on and go. I've talked about it before, but Norm McDonald could go on uh, a show. Did you have him on your podcast? No. No. no okay. I thought I saw it. It was somebody that I was like, wow, that's a great guest. I saw you on with. Um, but he can go on and go. You ever been to the, uh, you know the. Uh, the grocery store. <laughs> Why is that funny? It works. Why is it? Perfect. Because it's just the way he says yeah. it, the way he pauses, the yeah. way you know. You got uh, parents, right? <laughs> like something like that. You're like, what? It's just, I think we're breaking it down. The, the most obvious thing in the world. You were a, uh, a child one time, right? <laughs> yeah, we were all children. You ever been a... Uh, I do that in my act, and I wonder if that's where I got it. From. I do things like that. Yeah, but I'll be like, "You've seen ladies, right?" <laughs> I'll do something like that, like what's definitely obvious. Um, you know why? And I, I do too. And maybe we're not. Maybe he's not we the first. Love him. But it's easy. It's easier to point out him doing it because of his cadence and style. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's the difference for sure. I'm obsessed with him though, but I had to stop watching him. I think. And this is a, a kind of a, just coming to me now, so maybe I'm not that attached to this. But I think what people respond to about a Holmberg or a Tim Dillon or myself or a Norm MacDonald uh, when we say things that might be a little knee-jerk reaction to the word. We hear the shocking word. I think maybe the reason people are responding to it positively uh, as opposed to negatively is because we're treating them like adults. We're saying to this audience, like, no, you're, you're a big boy. You're a big girl. And you yeah. can handle these thoughts and you can handle these ideas and you can hear these maturely as opposed to um, maybe the way you would talk to a kid you're, it's almost patronizing to to keep to be cautious with them and to be you're you're saying that they can't handle that kind of i think that that's the difference i think people go hey i like that he's not he's willing to talk to me like a big boy yes in person yeah on the internet it's exactly what you said it's the opposite where yep. there's a group of people that are policing everything and saying yep. We know what's okay to say and we know what's not. And I tell those people to f off. Yeah, I don't care at all about that. Like, because that's why I think the Twitter's just trash. You know, I use it every day and I'm into it. Well, would you use it if you weren't? I know we were going to end the podcast. You're just doing. <laughs> would you use it if you were not in entertainment? Nope. 
I would not be anywhere near it. I don't use it. I, the only reason I'm using Twitter is, and I don't consider myself a selfish person at all. I'm a very, I'm not, I don't consider myself selfish, except on social media. I'm very selfish. I'm not looking through my feed at anything except what they've sent to me. I post my little crap, and then I read what maybe someone commented on my crap. Right. I don't go for other comics' tweets. I don't, uh, I'm not looking for anybody I admire in the Twitter feed. It's very selfish. I'm selfish in that way about Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that, social media. I've, I've had that. I've, again, I've talked about this before, but it's interesting to get your perspective on it because I think you, you this is something you do pretty well. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's something you talked about a little bit. I don't know how well you do it. I shouldn't say that. But it's weird because when I when I was coming up, the whole thing was nobody wanted to see. Like they changed the car services in L.A. while I was out there from being these SUVs everywhere yes. to uh, hybrid vehicles and smaller. Right. And everybody was driving around. There was a company called Diva that changed their car company name because they didn't want to be a Diva anymore. Everything was about not showing what you have. And then Instagram came along and now it's. Show everything you've got. Yeah. Like show show the shoes you're Capitalism. wearing. And then yeah, they'll just... give you more shoes. They'll yeah. you you go to all these places and they see you wear the stuff. And I, I just recently re- decided that I need to fix a lot of that. Yeah. Because I can I can get I can utilize it and actually do some good with it. Sure. But I go on, I look like a ragged moron, and people are sending me stuff. Hey, will you wear our sunglasses? Like, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I haven't started that yet. I'm like, yeah. I look it up to see if they're decent sunglasses first. Well, that's it's, smart. It's, it's, Get the that, things it, you want. It's Don't that kind of thing. It. Right. It's amazing how yeah. much. But then I feel, you know, do you ever feel guilty with Never. that? No. Um, I feel I, tremendous guilt with it. But I also, I, I think that I'm doing them a great service. So like, yeah. a lot of these social gram influencers like, or social media influencers, they're like these hot models and stuff, they'll get paid like, 80 grand to like just post one thing with like Vita water or something like that and they'll get all this money to, to put like one post they're called spawn cons like sponsored content whereas I'm messaging them saying hey I really like uh, your product I was wondering if you know you send me one of these I'll put it on my social media I'll wear it to the comedy shows or morning television all this different stuff and they're there I imagine and I might be wrong I imagine they're going to their their pot their boss and going you won't believe this he doesn't want any money at all he just wants the product like that's, they, a, that's a great take. in their mind they're going this guy's not asking us for he's gonna do it just and so they're get i think th- i wonder if how much of that you, your look because you look like a model that's nice that doesn't nice. that doesn't hurt yeah i mean and i, I don't want to take it, anything no, away I think from it's the followers i think that's what they look at that's what they care about most i bet you they look at some of the looks too because if you're a good looking guy well, a good yeah, looking like person Bert, remember when bert tried to do speedo <laughs> Bert tried to get a sponsor thing from Speedo, and he's like, "I'll wear Speedo everywhere I go in life, grocery store." <laughs> he's like, "And all you you, you pay me whatever amount, and I will literally wear Speedo for like I think he said a whole year, no matter what it was. If he has to go to a wedding, he's wearing the Speedo only. And if he, he's get in, they would document it. So if he got kicked out of a place for the Speedo, that's great commercial for Speedo. Um, Speedo didn't take him up on it, and I can only think they didn't take him up on it because they're like." We don't want our product on Burt Kreischer. Like we want it on like hot models and you know. Yeah, that's not a that's not appealing to the average person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there is a segment that uh, and Burt's Brett. Maybe it was when Burt before Burt's so big now, especially yeah, so, so that pe- things change. But the it was amount like two of years ago, the, yeah. But he's even uh, Kreischer's massive yeah. now. Kreischer. Um, you look at the, do your mom's house. Yeah, two bears. Could uh, you imagine a whole year of only wearing a speedo? 
I can't imagine wearing it once. I, w- I, I get I'd have so trouble. nervous, like just like you know, taking off my shirt to go to the pool or something. It's like a, always awkward. I don't even want to hear that from you. Well, it's true. I don't want to hear. Yeah, I'm I the don't... best looking with this these clothes on. This is like I've done it. I've, this is the, <laughs> the hottest I get right here. <laughs> and this is this is my best look too. This is it. The, the, yeah. the gym shorts. The more clothes come off, everyone goes, "Ooh, we thought he was a real hot guy." Really? Yeah. Let's do it here. Let's do it. That was so hot. <laughs> what just happened? All right, Jeff Dye, thank you very thank much for you. being here. This Good is probably like 45 episodes worth. Perfect. Uh, unbelievable. And I, like I, the most important thing to me in these podcasts is actually that I learn something and or am influenced in some way for real. And you've definitely done. Oh, thank both you those very things. much. Same, so, brother. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you.